Hello everyone, I'm here tonight with an, another topic. So tonight we're gonna talk about waiting on the Lord. Um, I think this topic is so important and definitely um, is, is a very key point when you think about being Christ, a Christian single um, and you're waiting on God to send that right person into your life. And sometimes that wait can seem like it's forever. You, know, you may ask yourself, you know, Lord, when, you're, when are you gonna send that right person um, into my life? Um, so while we wait on God to send that right person, um, I think it's very important that we do exercise patience, um, in your single state, it is possible that you can become very impatient. You can become very anxious and, um, you know, you might start to feel the need to rush into a relationship just because of the fear of being alone. Uh, maybe you've even thought of ways that, you know, you're going to just take the situation into your own hands. You're tired of being single. Maybe you're tired of waiting on God and maybe you have tried to um, just kind of take things into your own hands to ensure that, you know, you meet somebody um, and that never works out. But it's very important, you know, that we are patient, that we do wait on the Lord for him to send that right person into our life. And I know that this is easier said than done sometimes. Um, and so that's why I want to talk about this topic tonight. And one of the things we're going to focus on, um, you know, really is just having patience. And I think a great story in the Bible that covers, you know, how to be patient is the story of Abraham and Sarah. Um, we can learn a lot from that story about being patient, about waiting on God. And we also see what can happen if we do try to if we stop waiting on God and we try to take things into our own hands and make things happen. Um, so to give some background, if you're not familiar with the story of Abraham and Sarah, um, you can read about it in uh, Genesis chapter 12. That's where the story starts. I'm going to be hopping around to different scriptures, um, but it starts in Genesis chapter 12. Um, so to give some background, um, the characters, um, you know, uh, in the story, um, the two people are, that we're talking about are Abraham and Sarah. So Sarah is Abraham's wife and Sarah cannot have kids. She's barren. Um, uh, however, when Abraham is 75 years old, God speaks to him and he promises him, he promises him that he's going to make him the father of a great nation. So in Genesis chapter 12, verses one through four, we read, uh, the Lord has said to Abram, go from your country your people in your father's household to the land uh, I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went as the Lord had told him and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. So in these verses, you know, you see God's promise uh, to make Abraham the father of a great nation. So as we read further into the story about Abraham and Sarah, um, we see God actually fulfills this promise. Um, so in Genesis chapter 18, verses one and two, it says, the Lord appeared to Abraham near the great trees of uh, Mamre. I may not have pronounced that right. While he was sitting uh, at the entrance to his tent in the heat of the day, Abraham looked up and saw three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he hurried from the entrance of his tent to meet them and bowed low to the ground. And then if you skip down to verse 9, um, in the same chapter, Genesis chapter 18, it says, um, Where is your wife, Sarah? They asked him. There in the tent, he said. 
Then one of them said, I will surely return to you about this time next year and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now Sarah was listening at the entrance to the tent, which was behind him. Abraham and Sarah were already very old and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, after I am worn out and my Lord is old, will I now have this pleasure? Then the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, will I really have a child now that I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid, so she lied and said, I did not laugh, but he said, yes, you did laugh. So God comes, he gives them the word, you know, you are going to have a son. Um, and remember, they are very old in age at this point. Um, Sarah is past her childbearing, you know, her childbearing years. Um, the story continues in Genesis chapter 21, verses 1 through 7. And this is where we see God's promise fulfilled. And we um, read that they have a son named Isaac. Um, and so in Genesis chapter 21, verses 1 through 7, we read, Now the Lord was gracious to Sarah, as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age, at the very time God had promised, God had promised him. Abraham gave the name Isaac to the son Sarah bore him. When his son Isaac was eight days old, Abraham circumcised him as God commanded him. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. Sarah said, God has brought me laughter and everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. And she added, who, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him, in, borne him a son in his old age. So Abraham was a hundred years old when Isaac was born. Sarah was 90. Um, so going back to what I said, when God gave him the promise, um, this was 25 years prior. So 20, it took 25 years for God's word, for his promise to be fulfilled. So why do I bring this story up? I'm talking about being single. I'm talking about waiting on the Lord. So Abraham and Sarah waited 25 years. So what, what can we take away from this as, as being, you know, um, being, being a single person, waiting on God, waiting on him to send that right person? Um, I think it really, faith and trust become very key um, as we wait on the Lord. Um, I'm sure that Abraham and Sarah during those 25 years, you know, they really had to continue to reflect back on God's promise. They had to trust him and they had to believe him and take him at his word. Um, you know, we have to remember they were very old in age. Um, Sarah was barren. She never even had any kids yet. God's telling her you're going to have a kid. Um, and so they really had to trust God. They had to have faith in him and God brought it to pass. They had a son, they had Isaac, and maybe they didn't understand how having a child, you know, at their old age could be possible. Um, Sarah even laughs. She laughs at God when he tells her, you know, you're, she was going to have a child. And I think about myself and I think about other people who are single and maybe you're, you're waiting on God. Maybe to you, it's laughable at this point that, um, you know, God has somebody for you and that, you know, you, you won't be single forever. Um, but we do want to be careful that we don't, um, that we don't doubt the Lord because, um, if God has somebody for you, he is going to bring that person, that right person into your life. Um, we have to, you know, be like Abraham and we have to accept God at his word. Uh, we have to accept his word is true. And we have to really trust that, you know, when it's, when the time is right, God will bring that right person into our life. 
Um, and the other thing I want to highlight from the scriptures I was reading is that God, when Sarah laughs, God responds to her with saying, you know, is anything too hard for the Lord? So I would just encourage anyone listening, if you have been single a while, you have been waiting and maybe you are starting to give up hope, you know, remember nothing's too hard for God. Um, he can, he will um, bring things to pass and whoever, whoever God has for you, he will bring that person into your life at the right time. But I love that scripture that, you know, and that goes for anything in your life is that nothing's too hard for the Lord. Um, it is true that, you know, while you are single, your faith definitely can be challenged at times. Um, I know some of the thoughts that might come to your mind, um, at least they've come to my mind, is that, you know, I'm getting older. Um, you start to see other people around you getting married, having kids, and you don't see it happening for you. But, you know, I would encourage you not to focus too much on your circumstances. Um, you know, sometimes, you know, you need to make sure that your focus is not so much on your circumstances, but you keep your mind on the Lord. You continue to trust him. You continue to have faith in him. And you have to remember, too, that um, you want to be careful not to compare yourself to those around you. Yeah, you may see other people getting married, um, other people having kids, but you have to remember that, you know, God has a unique plan and he has a unique purpose for your life. So if you are single, you're single for a reason. In this time period, maybe there's things God wants to do through you, ways that he wants to work through you that maybe he can't do once you settle down and you get married. So, um you know, we definitely have to, um, like I said, it's all, it all goes back to faith and we have to trust God. Um, one of the scriptures that, um, I want to share, this is a scripture that brings me comfort whenever I'm feeling like, I'm like, Lord, what are you doing? Like, I don't get your plan. I don't get why I'm single right now. I don't, I don't understand this. Um, there's a scripture that always brings me comfort. Maybe it'll comfort you. It's in Isaiah chapter 55 uh, verses eight and nine. And it says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. So we have to remember that God knows things that we don't know. He sees things that we don't see. So there's a reason, like I said, there's, there's a reason why if you are single right now and, and God hasn't sent that right person, um, there could be a million reasons why. And we have to trust that, you know, God has our best interests in mind. So he's going to bring things about at the time that they really should happen. And I, I look back on my life and I know that's true because um, prior to when I was single, when I was in a relationship, when I was a lot younger, um, and I thought that that relationship was going to lead into something more serious, potentially marriage. Um, looking back and now that I'm older, I know that that wasn't, that wasn't the right thing for me, but it, at the time I, th I thought it was. Um, and so a lot of time, but God knew he knew and he, he knew he had a different plan. He knew he had a different purpose. He knew I wasn't ready for marriage. Um, and so I, I say all that to say, um, you know, although you may not understand right now, just trust that God knows he knows better than we know. Um, he can see into the future. So um, hopefully that brings you some comfort and, and allows you to just kind of let go and just really trust God and trust his plan. Um, so the other thing, moving on, I'm, I'm going to continue with this story um, about Abraham and Sarah. Um, so I want to discuss the part of the story that took place during that 25-year wait. 
So we know that God sent the promise and then we know 25 years later, God fulfilled the promise. They had a child um, despite them being old, despite Sarah being barren and unable to have kids. Um, but in the 25 years between the time that Abraham was promised a son and the birth of Isaac, Abraham and Sarah started to get their own ideas because what was starting to happen, to paint a picture for you, time was going by, God sent his promise, um, you know, Abraham's going to be the father of a great nation. However, Sarah is still barren. There's no child. Um, and so as time goes by, they decide to come up with a plan, you know, to kind of help God along, if you will, help God along. Um, and they decide that Abraham could have an heir through a son that was conceived by Sarah's slave, Hagar. So they basically come up with this idea that, okay, Sarah's like, okay, God said we're going to have a son you know, we're going to fulfill his promise. How about I'm barren. So, so she, she tells her husband, Sarah tells her husband, Abraham, you know, um, you know, here's my slave Hagar, maybe through you having a son with her, this will, um, this will fulfill God's promise. That's not what God had in mind. So let's read about that. So if you, um, it's in Genesis, if you read it, if you go to Genesis, Genesis chapter 16, verses one through 16, it says, now Sarah, Abram's wife, had, had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar. So she said to Abraham, or Abram, sorry, the Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Abram agreed to what Sarah said. So after Abram had been living in Canaan 10 years, Sarah, his wife, took her Egyptian slave Hagar and gave her to her husband to be his wife. He slept with Hagar and she conceived. When she knew she was pregnant, she began to despise her mistress. Then Sarah said to Abram, you are responsible for the wrong I am suffering. I put my slave in your arms and now that she knows she is pregnant, she despises me. May the Lord judge between you and me. Your slave is in your hands, Abram said. Do with her whatever you think best. Then Sarah mistreated Hagar, so she fled from her. The angel of the Lord found Hagar near a spring in the desert. It was the spring that is beside the road to Shur. And he said, Hagar, slave of Sarah, where have you come from and where are you going? I'm running away from my mistress, Sarah, she answered. Then the angel of the Lord told her, go back to your mistress and submit to her. The angel added, I will increase your descendants so much that they will be too numerous to count. The angel of the Lord also said to her, you are now pregnant and you will give birth to a son. You shall name him Ishmael, for the Lord has heard of your misery. He will be a wild donkey of a man. His hand will be against everyone and everyone's hand against him. And he will live in hostility towards all his brothers. She gave this name to the Lord who spoke to, who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me. For he said, I have now seen the one who sees me. That is why the well was called Be'er Lahal Roi. May not have pronounced that right. Um, it is still there between Kadesh and Bered. So Hagar, Hagar bore Abram a son, and Abram gave the name Ishmael to the son she had born. Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore him Ishmael. So, so Abraham was 86 years old. The promise was sent at, when he was 75. So this is about 11 years later. Um, you know, I think probably what happened is Abraham and Sarah 
you know, they see all this time going by. They see that God's promise hasn't been fulfilled. So they think that they're going to help God out and solve the problem. But really what they did is, is they, they created, um, they created an issue, as you can see. Um, later we read in Genesis 21 verses nine and 10, it says, but Sarah saw that son, but Sarah saw the son whom Hagar, the Egyptian had born to Abraham was mocking. And she said to Abraham, get rid of that slave woman and her son for that woman's son will never share in the inheritance with my son, Isaac. So what, what are some takeaways from this story and how can we relate this to our singleness? I'm going to tie it all together. So to recap the story, Sarah and Abraham, they took things into their own hands, thinking they were going to help fulfill God's promise through their own means. So Sarah offers her slave Hagar to Abraham. So this is before Isaac is born. Um, this is in the time when they were just supposed to be waiting on God. Um, so she offers her slave Hagar to Abraham and Hagar, uh, sorry, Hagar bears Abraham a son, which is Ishmael. What they did in that period when they were waiting, when they when uh, Abraham slept with Hagar and made the son, you know, had the son Ishmael, this was, um, this was them getting involved and, you know, trying to, you know, force God, force God's hand, if you will. Um, so a lot of heartache and pain and just drama comes from, from what they did. Um, you, you read in the story, Hagar begins to despise Sarah um, so there's this contention between them. Um, Sarah mistreats Hagar. Um, you know, Hagar leaves, she goes back. But then ultimately, once Isaac's born, um, there's there's this concern that, you know, Ishmael um, is going to, you know, uh, basically there's a concern that Ishmael might take Isaac's place as Abraham's heir. So they end up sending Ishmael and Hagar away. Um, and so this is what happens when we can try to work instead of being patient and we try to work things out on our own or help God along, if you will, it really is only going to create a mess. It's going to create trouble and drama for you. So how do I tie that back into, um, being single and waiting on the Lord? Well, the question I would ask is as you wait on the Lord, are you creating Ishmael's? Basically, are you finding yourself in a situation where you've been single for a while and, you know, maybe you were patient at one point, but maybe now you're at the point where you're re you're ready to take things into your own hands like Abraham and Sarah did. And you're going to try to fix the situation on your own. And, um, and and you're doing this instead of just being patient and waiting on God and trusting in him uh, to send you that right person. So, you know, I think. Um, in our single state, sometimes, you know, like I said earlier, we could see time passing us by, nothing happening. Um, we haven't met that right person yet. And this can cause you to become anxious. I, I know because I've experienced it. Um, sometimes we may feel like, okay, maybe I can just help God along. I can get this process going. Let's speed this up. Um, but we really have to avoid that temptation because in the end, we see that when we do try to force God's hand, um, it really just brings about heartache and it brings about pain, uh, similar to the situation with Hagar. That was a lot of hurt and pain. I'm sure she, you know, Hagar probably had to deal with a lot of, um, a lot of very, uh, sad emotions and heartache from, from that situation. So, um, I'll use myself as, a, as an example. I definitely, um, while I've been single, I have tried to force God's hand 
and many times um, I've gotten to the point where I'm like, okay, I've been single for too long. Uh, what can I do? How can I, you know, get this moving along? Let me try to help God out. One of the ways I've done that, and I mentioned this in uh, one of my previous topics, is that um, I really use dating apps a lot uh, for years. Um, and I'm not saying dating apps are wrong, but it's important that we do seek God and we ask him about the ways he would have us go about finding the person that he has for us. Um, we really do have to follow um, God's leading. And so God made it clear in my spirit at one point, he didn't want me searching online for my husband, that that's not what he had for me. Um, but I ignored that for a long time. Um, and, you know, as I continue to use dating apps, that, in my opinion, that was me trying to force God's hand and, and say, okay, Lord, I'm not waiting for you to send my hus husband anymore. I'm going to find it on my own. And I'm going to get myself out of this situation. And in the end, it really was a similar situation like with Hagar and Ishmael because it led to, um, it, it, it ended with me dealing with a lot of unnecessary um, heartache um, by just trying to, you know, take things into my own hands and do things my own way. Um, and so what I would encourage you if you're listening is just make sure that you're patiently waiting um, for the Lord. When we become impatient, when we get too anxious, um, if we start thinking we're just going to rush into a relationship because we don't want to be alone and we try to take things um, into our own hands or we try to force God's hand, it only gets, gets us into trouble. It only causes unnecessary heartache, unnecessary pain, uh, just like it did in the situation uh, with Hagar. Um, one scripture that really helps me out when I am having those feelings and I'm becoming too anxious um, is Philippians chapter four, verse six. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So if you find yourself feeling anxious, you're really struggling to be patient and wait on God. Use that, use that when you're feeling that, use that moment to start praying, start praying about what you're feeling anxious about. Um, go to God about it. Let him know you're feeling anxious and you're feeling impatient and you are struggling with the fact that you have been waiting for a while for him to send the person that he has for you into your life. Go to God about it. Um, and as you do wait on the Lord to send that right person, um, you know, I can, I encourage you, um, in addition to being patient and prayerful, um, while you're waiting, the other thing is, you know, just remember that you don't have to be idle. Waiting on God to send the right person doesn't mean you're literally sitting at home, not doing anything. Um, you know, we should still be using this time as we wait for that husband or that wife. Um, we should be using this time to go to God and ask him, you know, Lord, how would you like to use me right now while I'm single? Because again, like I said earlier, you're single for a reason. And it could be that God wants to do something in you right now while you're single that he can't do once you get married. And so um, you should be, you know, while you're waiting on God, while you're being patient, while you're being prayerful, you should be also talking to God about, um, you know, how do you want to use me? Um, we should continue to use this time in our single state. We should continue to use this time to just continue to grow spiritually um, because that will uh, that will prepare us to um, be that husband or that wife that that God's called us to be. And um, we should also ask for God's guidance. Um, if you if you are in a situation where you um, want to be actively dating or you want to actively be pursuing your husband or your wife, um, just ask God for His guidance. Um, you know, like I said, I I I found out dating apps weren't the way for me to go. 
that might not be the same same for you but just make sure you are praying and you are asking god how he would have you to go about um go about finding your 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 husband or your wife and meeting that right person um and then the other thing uh lastly is just um i know it's not always easy waiting right um but it's important to know that god will give you the strength he will see you through he will give you strength to wait um a scripture that actually speaks to that is in isaiah chapter 40 verse 31 but they that wait upon the lord shall renew their strength they shall mount up with wings as eagles they shall run and not be weary and they shall walk and not faint so God will give you the strength. So hang in there. I would encourage you to just um, continue to be patient, continue to wait on God. And um, just some points in closing. Um, number one, faith and trust are very key as we wait on God to send that right person. We have to trust God that he has our best interests in mind, uh, that he'll send the right person in the right time. And we cannot get focused to focus on our circumstances. We just have to continue to focus on God and know that um you know, he, he will come through for us. He will send the right person in the right time. Um, the other thing I want to uh, leave with you in closing is that we should not try to force God's hand. If it hasn't happened yet, there's a reason for it. Um, you know, we, we want to avoid becoming, you know, very anxious and becoming uh, very impatient because that typically will drive us to start doing some things that we shouldn't do. And in the situation I read earlier about uh, Abraham and Sarah trying to fix the situation, it only ends in trouble. So we just got to be patient. And then lastly, um, like I said, while you wait on the Lord, make sure you're being uh, patient, that you're being prayerful, that you are asking God how he would like to use you and uh, just continuing to grow spiritually and becoming that person that God would have you to be um, to prepare you to be that future husband or that future wife. And um, just continue to ask for God's guidance um, on how you should go about, you know, dating and, and those types of navigating those types of situations. And that's all I have tonight. So I will close this in prayer. Uh, Father God, I just thank you um, for allowing me to cover this topic tonight. And I pray that if anyone is listening um, and they're in this situation, maybe they've been waiting for a long time. Maybe they don't understand. Lord, I pray that you would just strengthen them and that you would um, encourage them, Lord, and let them know that you have not forgotten about them and that you do have somebody for them and that you will send them when the time is right. Um, so I pray that you'll just uh, comfort anyone tonight who maybe is challenged in this area and um, just help them to hold on and to have patience and to trust you and uh, just uh you know, be comforted by the fact that, that you love us, Lord, and that you wouldn't withhold any good thing from us and you will um, send that right person at the right time. And uh, we thank you and give you all the praise, glory, and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. If, if anyone's come across um, my channel and um, clearly I'm talking about things that affect Christian single people, but if, if anyone's listening and you um, actually are not um, sure that you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you um, you know you don't have that confidence um, or know that you have you truly have come into a relationship with uh, Jesus Christ I want to pray uh, say a prayer for you and you can repeat this prayer um, uh, which is uh, dear God um, just repeat after me if you're if you're listening um, dear God I am a sinner I'm sorry for my sin Please forgive me. I believe Jesus Christ is your son and that he died for my sins and you raised him to life. I want to invite him into my heart to take control of my life.
In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. So if you're listening and that applied to you and you're not sure if, like I said, maybe you have walked with the Lord at one point, maybe you've fallen away from the Lord and you just want to be sure that you're in right standing with God and that um, and that you um, that there is covering for your sins. Hopefully you prayed that prayer and just know that um, every time someone repents of their sins, um, the angels are, are rejoice, rejoicing in heaven. That's what the Bible says in uh, Luke chapter 15, verse 10. It says, um, in the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. So um, God bless you if you listen tonight. So stay tuned for more to come. Have a great night. God bless.